Cow and KO Show on Anchor FM. Let's talk sports. How the hell do you, in good faith, make a plan to move to L.A. with the current circumstances around team moving and really believe that this is the best plan that could have happened for the transition to L.A.? Are you expecting to win anything? Do you just accept that you're going to be the worst team in the NFL? And I'm not saying they're going to be the worst team in the NFL, but I'm saying that they have the worst circumstances. They have the worst circumstances that if they were 0-16, it would be justified because look at what they have to deal with. How do you make this plan and then what do you you tell anybody about this? I'm lost. I don't know here. I don't know how to form a sentence about it. Man, it's funny though because you know you played. You're in the locker room. This is what I come to you for to be like, yo. How do you think this is gonna work out? I don't know if they think this is the best move. I just feel like after 15 years of going back and forth over one issue, they got to a point where it was like we got to move on. On a relationship tip, it was like if if a couple was arguing for the same thing. One issue and one issue only over fifth for 15 years. I'm not going to be mad at either party for going, you know, we sh- this probably isn't going to work out and we need to move on and find something else. But as a Charger fan, you, you would, I don't know what you sell them. Yeah, come on up. Come on up to Carson where you're going to fit into a 30,000 seat stadium and we're going to charge you more for these tickets. The team's not that good and you're in a market where L.A. didn't even want them up there to begin with. My opinion is that they're going to be back. I said two years. They'll be back in two years. Yeah. So you think they'll be back? I think that the city will realize that they losing the Chargers is a bad thing. This market is craving a football team. They'll come back and they'll get a new stadium, and it'll be back to the, with the ten years when I when I was there. Like that whole run we had, it was awesome. Truthfully, the team was good. It was fine. It was doing well. Lost a couple games here and there. Never should have fired Marty. Never. AJ Smith should have never got rid of people he got rid of. We had more years left in the tank, and you ended an era prematurely because of personal issues. Just It blows my mind the fact that this plan was accepted and that we're going into a real season in the NFL, an $11 billion corporation. Everybody involved with making all the, the, the calls, the final calls, is cool with this plan. Them playing at a stadium that seats barely enough for a, a maxed-out soccer game. Yeah. This is the NFL we're talking about. How ESPN is going to do what to make this... this crowd look like it's it's worthy of being on tv are any of their home games going to get televised you got these people moving their whole front office their whole team up to another city find new homes people that have been with the team for 25 years are not with the team anymore this is a massive overhaul of this team and this is the best plan you had when baltimore left baltimore to go to indy and then and vice versa when uh, the baltimore Ravens were developed again there was better circumstances around that. There was a new stadium built, and they went to a new stadium before they left. I don't understand how for the last 15 years they had this argument, and then at the end of the argument, you're just left with, oh, this is all we had left. You knew this was coming for the last 15 years. There was no plan B. This is not an awesome plan B. <clears throat> really? Either one. The way negotiations were going, you should have known that nothing was going to come of it. So, so you, you have to have an awesome plan B. For the same, like for the city of San Diego, I don't see them really having a plan B either. I, I don't. Your soccer city is a plan B. That's terrible. It's, you're right. It's the worst. <laughs> Nobody had an awesome plan B. These are two stubborn people in a relationship that eventually thought that they were going to get their way, and neither of them got their way, and they're not better off without each other. So they're going to spend a couple seasons apart. 
This is like the mid-season to Saved by the Bell when Zach wasn't with Kelly. He was with Stacy Carosi. You know what I mean? Like if they were in the summer thing or whatever. Yeah. That's this right now. The Rams don't need them to get their stadium. LA their doesn't owners, want them. <laughs> and LA don't want them. The Rams owner going to front that his own self. They're written. They're the Clippers. I personally feel bad for all the people that are on the back end of the game that, that make the team what it is. So the players are the finished product on Sunday that everybody gets to witness. But in order to get to Sunday, there are a lot of people that are involved with the team that make business progress, like cameramen, editors, PR people, community relations people, scouting department, people that can't leave their families due to medical reasons, they have to stay in town. I mean, it's, it's, the list goes on and on. People that have been with the team for 20, 25 years, that they're not going to LA because this move, even in their eyes, are like, it's not beneficial for me or my family, I'm gonna stay here in San Diego. How do you justify not having an awesome plan B when it comes to those people's lives? You know what I mean? I, I, That's the only thing I fault the Spanos for is that. It's not the Spanos' fault that they have to go to LA because truthfully, they don't want to go to LA. They want to stay here. They want to make it work. Then the city, how do you not want a team that's going to bring jobs to your, to your residents? How do you not want a, a team that's going to bring revenue to your city that needs it? Now, whether or not they, they want to own all the rights to the city and I mean the, the land and develop it, that's you know tit for tat, whatever. But if you really look at it, the, sh the city should have had a better plan B than Soccer City and Qualcomm sitting there and what, what are you going to do with it and they don't know. We'll There's do no something different for the Aztecs to, to be there that eventually yeah. died out. And that's what I'm saying. They, they eventually thought that they were going to get their way. So they're going to come back when the Rams open up their brand new lovely stadium that the Chargers are going to be renting like the other San Diego team that left San Diego for L.A., the Clippers, been renting up there ever since. They're going to have to come back. Look, this didn't work out, but you know what? I, w I want to feel like, you know, we've both learned from this experience and maybe maybe we should just give this a second chance and try to make this work. That's how I feel it's going to go. That's how I feel it's going to go down. I hope. But then again, if Colin Kaepernick don't have a job, I'm not watching a fucking game this year anyways. Just saying. <laughs> it's bad. The NFL. All that. Oh, I don't want to get into the benefits, how they're just screwing all the former players over with benefits. And telling Austin Collie that he doesn't qualify for uh, compensation for concussions because there's no proof of it. <laughs> what? <laughs> the NFL benefits office is not for the players whatsoever. They're just faking like they're, they're doing something to have jobs. In essence, they're not doing the right. There's so many things that are wrong with the whole system. It's bad. It's, an, it's for a whole other conversation. Oh. But it's bad. And I'm sure you didn't watch the ESPY Awards, but Richard Sherman, did you hear about what he said before the ESPYs? He was talking about how the players need to strike. They're watching, they're watching these basketball players get these guaranteed deals for 150 million, 200 million. You know, guys that aren't even all stars are getting over 100 million dollar contracts. And uh, he was basically saying that at some point the players are going to have to strike. I'm just paraphrasing. Yeah. For them to get the leverage they deserve, to get the contracts they deserve. What do you think? Being a former player, being somebody that's going through the insurance stuff, going through the, you know, I'm not putting your business out there. There's a lot of like people. That, but no, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that have jobs that shouldn't have jobs, and there's a lot of people that say their job is to protect the player's interests, and they don't protect the player's interests. There's a lot of people that say they're for the NFL's interests, and they don't protect the NFL's interests. 
there's a lot of great area people that are just doing like House of Cards where you jockey for position to secure your own position and then you do nothing while you're there. Which is what I think that, that's happening with Trump. Same thing with Trump. You just jockey for position and then you get there, you're not really going to do anything. It's all gray area. Somebody will do something, somebody won't do something. At the end of the day, it's a wash. Right now, as it stands, a strike would not change. They need to do a massive overhaul of certain offices. Take people out of that office because they're not doing anything, whether good or bad, for any side. But what if Everybody's they, in the middle. But what if they were going to strike for, let's say, guaranteed contracts or uh, no salary cap? I'm a firm believer that everybody's replaceable. So I don't really see the full magnitude of a strike. Even it worked It worked for baseball and basketball. They both had them. I, I remember know, NFL just, had one in like 87. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just I, said, I think I'm, that movie, The Replacements, and like they'll find people to put on the, on the field and they'll start pulling players from other places and just they'll sign them. How do, you, how do you tell them they can't sign other people and play in your place? Oh, well, yeah, they would do what they could do to keep the business moving. We were prepared for the lockout, which would allow us to, to be able to negotiate properly. So I think if they could be prepared properly, it would work. But you're not going to guarantee NFL contracts because the injury rate is so much higher. But what if they're guaranteeing the contracts but not offering up so much money? They should stop giving people so much money and, and disperse that money evenly. That's, I'm a firm believer that just people in the NFL that are getting paid too much money and you're not influencing the game that much. Where there's people that are on the field that are doing a lot of the grunt work that aren't getting any kind of compensation whatsoever. And those are injuries that you don't, don't talk about. Those are people that just get left in the wayside. They're not Hall of Famers, but they're the, the gamers that make the game interesting, that make the game go. The discrepancy in NFL is worse than any other sport. Really, it is. There's too many grunt workers in NFL that don't get paid money. But there's the, the names that get the money because they're the first-round draft pick and they're this, this, and this. But their if individual plays on the field aren't even contributing to the actual end result of the game. A kicker should get paid more money because the kicker's on the field a lot. And whenever the kicker's on the field, it's very important. They don't get paid like that. Wow. You a punter is, is the same. Wow. A, 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 a long snapper. That play is highly important because a lot of plays get determined by three points. Very important. But you don't pay him like that. That's how Your long snapper goes down in a playoff game. What are you going to do? You're not going to win. You're playing the New England Patriots and you're up by four points. They got down. They're about to kick a field goal. Then do an onside kick. Your kicker just broke his foot. He can't do an onside kick. You got to kick off all the way down. It's important like that that you don't give credit to. So you got one of the best returners in the league, and you're about to kick off to this guy, and you can't do onside kick because you don't want to give your quarterback field position. You want to pin him back. So you're playing the Indi Indianapolis Colts. You're playing the Chicago Bears in the playoffs. You're playing the New England Patriots. you got all these quarterbacks that are phenomenal quarterbacks, but they also have phenomenal return men. What do you do? It's, 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 a, it's a dilemma. Do I onside kick? Or do I pooch kick? Or do I kick it deep to pin him back? Oh, but kick it deep, pin him back. Because I have an exceptional cover man. You know, we have a good, a good cover man that can cover him. I'm sure they can pin him down at the 10-yard line, and we've got good field position. There's not enough time for him to march all the way down the field. We can win the game. So pay the guy like that, because that's a game changer. That never happens in the NFL. So it's like all the people, all the linebackers and, and uh, the cornerbacks and everybody else gets paid money. In that instance, they're not on the field. They are not important. It doesn't matter who you have in your backfield. It doesn't yeah. matter what quarterback you have. It's the special team guys that are on that field right now making the play that's going to change the whole game. You got a Devin Hester back there. You think that you're not going to have somebody that's worth a lot more money than what you're paying these minimum wage guys? Oh, but they're going to do it anyway because they, they have the chance to be on the team. So they're happy with crumbs because they got a job. It's messed up. So now you're saying that you're just fine. In fact, you're paying somebody crumbs because they're desperate. Well, then make your quarterback desperate and stop giving so much money and see how much he wants to take a knee for a flag. <laughs> you ain't got that much money? Take a knee for a flag if you're only getting $500,000 a month. Ooh. I mean, $500,000 a season. 
When do you have the luxury to take a knee when you're only getting paid enough money to take care of one kid? You got two kids, though. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, the thing, ties change when you, yeah. when you put it that way. Yeah. People get too much privilege. Too much privilege. Take people's money away and see how much back talking they'll do, how much smoking weed and not passing drug tests they'll do. Because you ain't got nothing to fall back on. Really got enough money to pay your rent. You're going to do a lot more stuff to make sure that football is priority in your life. But it's not the case. Wow. Look who's messing up. Look who's messing up in the headlines. And you tell me how they're able to do that. It gives me a lot of money. It's a lot of free time to do a lot of stupid a stuff. A lot of... Cal and KO show here to invade your space. I'm Cal the DJ. That's KO the jock. Being brought to you by Anchor FM. And we appreciate you for taking the time to listen along. How do you like fatherhood like this, man? Fatherhood is good when it's hands-free. Babies are fun when they're not crying. I, I watch her development, and you can see in their eyes they're trying to learn something. So she's very, uh, she likes to pick up on things. It's funny. She, you see her concentrating heavily. Yeah. That would teach her a lot of stuff. Yeah, she's trying to do the linguistics, do a little tongue exercises with the la 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 that stuff. She picked up on it. She can't make the noise yet, but it's coming. As she's laying there smiling, sleep with a smile, you can see her eyes moving and her mouth and hands, and she's still, she, she's working. Even though she's resting, she's working in there. Yeah, it's funny. They say to uh, talk normal around babies. Everybody wants to do the, oh, goo goo gaga and baby know. talk. That does not help the development whatsoever. No. So they pick up on the linguistics, pitch, tone, voice, uh, voice recognition, things like that is good for a baby to sit around and listen. So if you watch CNN all the time, people, oh, it's negative stuff on CNN, whatever. But yeah, but at least they're listening to linguistics and they're able to talk and before you know it, they'll be enunciating words properly instead of doing goo goo gaga stuff, which I think is a waste of time, in my opinion. I'm only one dad of a million, but... You hear my kids? My kids talk. Very well. They're grown. Enunciate very well, too. Congrats. Props. Thank you. Thank you. I sound ignorant, but you know what I mean. I I love the fact that your son is very social, so he's not one of those kids where you put him out in the middle of a bunch of new people and he's like kind of shy, hiding behind you. He might want, not want to dance and show his best moves, but yeah. he'll still at least say, hi, how you doing? My name is Jet. Nice to meet you. Things like that, like proper greetings and interactions with people. I, I'm hoping she's not one of the people that actually hide behind the leg. Yeah. I hate that. I'll move my leg out the way and push oh, it yeah, I can't stand that. <laughs> what, what was crazy is Jet was like that at first as more of a baby, not once he started becoming his own little personality. personality. He would hide around. He was always me most of the time and yeah. then general. But now I can't get him to stay with us. We went to the baseball game on Friday, and he, do- he doesn't hang out with his family. He finds new people to hang out with every time, and he's, hey, come over here, man. No. That's what be- I got some new friends. My older brother told me that. He says, you'll rapidly become not the coolest person in their life, and don't take it to heart. It's just part of growing up. And I yeah. was like, oh, I don't know, man, because me well off into my uh, adult life, moms are still cool to hang out with. So it's funny to see if the kid's going to stay attached, not stay attached, or... She's going to get cooler than you, though. You kids always think, I wish a kid would think he's cooler than me. Why? They are. They, that's the whole point. You don't want them to just match you. You expect them to take it to the next level. So whatever she you can did, try. education, social, being I'm popular. announcing to you in the world right now, there is not a kid that's cooler than me. She's gonna, you she put did. me and a kid in a room with, with somebody who doesn't know us, they're going to like me better than the kid. That's not true. My kid already steals the show. Your in kid every is room. awesome and steals the show. But I'll put a show on. I'm telling I'll you. I'll take that bet. I'll take that bet. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> now, cuteness level, yeah, it'd be cuter. I'm weathered. I've seen better years. 
No, they're going to sit there and go, oh, that's Kasim Osgood. He's so awesome. Oh, who is that light-skinned baby with the good hair walking around? And I'll be like this. Don't worry about that. Here. Here's the beer. Drink this. He can offer you beers. I can. I can offer you excitement. A puppy, a monkey, or a baby? Which one is which one is top? Let's say that you're an alien coming from another planet, so you're not part you're not partisan to a, a, a baby, like an actual baby. Yeah. Which one would be? What you think aliens would think is the most adorable? A puppy, a monkey, or a baby? A puppy. Puppy, monkey, baby. Puppy, monkey, baby. Puppies, you think? I think a monkey. Monkeys are always awesome. I think monkeys have that mannerism. They're just like they're they're not a human, but they are human. That that fine line they ride. Right. I think that's pretty awesome. I, I like that too. But I don't know if that's because we're biased because we already we can see them as having human characteristics. So what, what if one of the uh, species has like a a dog attraction or whatever? They're like dogs. Yeah. Well, I should. Is this just in that puppy monkey baby phase, or are we also move, looking forward to when that puppy becomes a dog? No. That baby becomes a kid. Puppy monkey baby. Okay. Puppy. Still puppy. Yeah. Everybody wants to hold a puppy. Not everybody wants to hold a baby. Everybody will accept the monkey. Everyone thinks monkeys are cute, but they might not go up to them. You, Everyone. You a gotta, baby monkey? You got you to gotta keep people off of puppies. The know. first baby I held was Jet. But I'm just saying, then again, there's that whole concern. Everybody <laughs> thinks every baby's cute, too. So They think they're oh, cute, but cute. they don't all hold them. Yeah, that's true. Even babies go up to puppies. Now that <laughs> shows you who's running things. Shit diapers or throw up? Which one? Which is worse? Shit diapers. Can't handle it. Can't handle it at all. I'm not really fond of throw up. Really? Because nine times out of ten, it gets on your clothes and it ruins your outfit for the day. Yes. Poop just smells kind of awful. You know, you gotta wipe it down, take care of it. But throw up gets places. (laughs) It messes up their clothes. You gotta change their outfit. It messes up you. Gets on your shoulder. You gotta wipe it down. You gotta spot on your shoulder the rest of the day. It's inconvenient. It took me months, and I'm serious, months to change my first diaper. I was the most scared of that going into anything else. And I was glad that the general was able to stay home for long enough to, like, go through those first few months where I didn't have to do it. And then it was, she's like, I'm just going to the store for 10 minutes. And that was all it took. The general comes back home, and she sees this traumatized look on my face as if I had just seen my son playing for the Los Angeles Dodgers beat LA all day. So she was a little worried and asked what happened. He went and he was crying so much like his cry hurt me. I had to change him. Like she was like, I told you I'd be home in 10 minutes. And she was, she was home in like 10 to 15 minutes. She was true to her word. But that cry was so serious. I was like, that's when I knew I loved him. Like I'm willing to go in and change this crappy diaper, knowing I got my, my, you know, my hall pass coming back. And he stopped crying and was like, oh, thank you. Gave me like, like baby hug, because he couldn't talk yet. Yeah. Baby hug. I was like, okay, I guess I, I did the right thing for the first time. You broke the ice. Yeah. I tell you, um, Claudine has this, um, her new Instagram, uh, Mommy Tips LLC, where she uh, goes on and she'll give a review of different equipment, items, and things that help moms nowadays. There's so much technology that you can help, uh, you can help you raise your chi- children. And a lot of people don't know about stuff like things that are just save you time and energy and frustration. So she uh, lists another item like uh, every day and talks about it. What was one of the favorite things that helped you raising your kid? Something that like really made it so like, the I'm TV. Like, I'm, jo- I'm joking. 
No, I mean, what helped you give, give you time? What type of technology or item? Like, um, I, I couldn't, I don't see myself raising my kid unless I had that because that really helped me get through some of the Oh, my hard goodness. Times. You know that little swinging, the swinging rocker? Yeah. That, Jet loved it. And there were times where, you know, how you were just walking around holding the baby because she didn't want to be sitting down on the couch. You yeah. had to be walking with her. Jet either had to be held like that or we could put him in the swinging thing. Yeah. And sometimes he didn't even want to swing but that would be the only acceptable place to give us a break when we needed a break. He used, we used to have to, I'd hold him. And however he got comfortable and fell asleep in my arms, that's how I fell asleep. So I'd get all the pillows and everything around me to get comfortable to stay in one spot and one spot only on the couch to make sure he got his sleep. If it wasn't that, it was that little swinging rocker thing. And that, that 45 minutes of sleep is gold now. When you money for that. Yeah, it's <laughs> Come gold. out with your strip club once. Like, yeah. I take $10, let <laughs> me take know? this shift off to go to sleep. I go, I, she falls asleep on my chest. Like, sometimes she won't fall asleep unless she's on my chest. So I get the pillow set up on the, uh, the chase lounge and just sit there and watch TV. That's my new default position. I just told my brother the other day, yeah. this is my new default position. Mm-hmm. I got the remote right here, the two pillows. got a water bottle, the phone right there, and the big screen. One, one of our favorite items, uh, I think, is uh, the Baby Brezza. It's basically Starbucks for kids. So you push one button and it makes the bottle. The right what? temperature, the right amount, oh, measures nice. the water, measures the uh, formula. Just put the cap on, shake it up, and serve. So literally in the middle of the night when you're doing the night shift and you're tired, baby's crying, you change your diaper, you go push the button, it makes the bottle, come back, turn it, grab it, shake it, and sit down and feed. It cuts that, 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 uh, the dead time down in between like feeding and, and changing the diaper. No. So easy. You know, back in the day, you had to take the bottle and put it on your wrist, check temperature and all that. Yep. This thing is all exact science now. Okay. I've got my little monster trying to get in here and say something. Go ahead and talk. You can talk right now. Yeah. Talking to the mic that's on me. Go. Wait, what about you take it off? Why don't I take it off? Yes. You should take it off. Why do I got to take it off? I don't want you to. This is my show with Uncle Kasim. This ain't your show. This ain't the Jet show. You're already cooler than me. I got take it off. I've officially become Jet's dad. I worked a lot. Alan KO Show brought to you by Anchor FM. Let's get right to it. Donald Trump done nothing. He makes comments like he's going to do a lot of stuff and he hasn't done anything. There's a lot of opposition to him because of his personality, I think. I mean, if he was the, the suave guy that Obama was, We'd have a lot of stuff going for ourselves right now, but we don't because of his attitude. And he's not received well, so I don't think he's going to be able to achieve everything he wanted to achieve. And you think it's just because he's an asshole, or you don't don't think the inexperience has anything to do with it? I don't think any president is experienced to do the job. It's not something you can have prior experience doing until you get in there and get it done. You know what I mean? Um, Having some experience in politics in general helps. What are politics? Knowing laws, knowing <laughs> policies. Part of what has been getting him in trouble, I feel like he's been doing stuff you know, that he would normally do in the business world and that's okay, but now you're doing it as a president and there are laws that say you can't do that stuff. That I can see and agree with. So like me originally supporting Trump is because of my tax situation. I wanted to see some type of development in the business aspect of it. So I personally overlooked a lot of political stuff and it wasn't really my main concern. And also, I didn't like Hillary Clinton. That's neither here nor there. She already lost. I just, as someone that voted for Trump, are you happy with what he's done or attempted to do? I definitely enjoy uh, the, the bump in the economy that happened because of him, the Trump effect, which is not directly a result of anything he did, per se, but just knowing the policies that he has and the potential for what he can do. 
there was a, a major reaction in the market for that. So there's a direct benefit for me for that, for selfish reasons. But I also, I believe that he has the ability to modify uh, Obamacare if he would get some type of help from the other side. So let him change some stuff, but don't just shoot down everything. Let's get something done. I agree with you when it comes to getting something done. I disagree with you when it comes to him wanting to get do something with Obamacare, but the other side's not helping him. He can't get the Republican votes for the, yeah. for the for the act that they came up with. So that's not even a Democratic thing. Saying no means you're cool with the current situation. The current situation is not good for, for doctors. It's not good for people. Insurance premiums are way high. Doctors can't get paid, so they're not uh, accepting getting, all patients. getting rid of it with no replacement is Would be better. better. No, that's not. You're getting... That's Dude, better for, that's we were better. better off before. We had lower insurance premiums before they had Obamacare. That's for people that had insurance. Look at the millions of people that are going to lose insurance so, with no replacement. So that's the thing about it is that people would knock me for voting for, for Trump for certain reasons, for cer certain selfish reasons. But then those people that, that don't have insurance are the ones that are getting mad at people that do have insurance that are mad for paying high premiums. So it's kind of like, a why are you really mad at Trump? Be mad at yourself for the situation you're in and then want better for yourself and then try to find a way to get that. But that's, sometimes it means that's helping thing. the enemy achieve by achieving your own goal assuming that people that don't have insurance are because they don't have jobs and, and aren't doing things you know some jobs that don't offer insurance i know yeah. that there are a lot more people that are struggling without yeah. insurance or good insurance than there are people that have it i look at it like if you're complaining about your rates that's a good com that's a good complaint to have as opposed to not knowing yeah. if you're going to be able to get your kid to the doctor yeah. and take care of your kid or take care of yourself that kind of thing. Well, how about you be going to a doctor, same doctor for 20 years, you and your family, and all of a sudden now that same doctor is out of business because he can't afford to keep uh, all of his patients because yeah, of the, the current situation. That is happening on a, a grand scale. Yes. And the person that set up this situation was Obama, but people don't realize. Obamacare kept other insurance companies from crossing state lines to compete for customers. So whatever insurance company set the premium in California, that's what you have to pay with no outside before, ability to, to go and sorry. hunt out better premiums. Wasn't that the system we had in place before Obamacare, which was people crossing lines, being able to compete, but that still that also, lowered premiums. But that also led to more people uninsured. Best of all, for ideally, you can keep Obamacare the way it is, unless only if you change it to where there's competitive uh, offers, so that there's not a monopoly, so that one insurance company can't just gouge you and pick their premium and make you pay for it. I like that. That's unfair. Because then it's like now, now Obamacare is in place. You you never had insurance for it. Now you have insurance, but you got to go to this crappy doctor because that's the only one that accept the Obamacare situation. Yeah. So are, how how better off are you? Be well, you you're better off because yeah, but going to a it's, doctor it's penny is still too. better than not going to a doctor. You can't just put Robitussin. I don't on know, man. Because like if you said, not man. going to a doctor is better, <laughs> and not going out there is better than going to a doctor to know what he's doing, prescribe prescribe something bad for you, and you end up having a reaction to it. Because he didn't know better because, you know, he's the worst doctor. He didn't really have that great of training. So sometimes doing nothing is better than doing the wrong thing. I, well, I think that's true in some <laughs> cases, bro. But there's, that's the exception far more yeah. than is the rule, dog. Come on. I yeah. think Kim Jong-un is just pissed off because he has a bad haircut. See, stuff like that. Beckoning See, people. No, that, that's it. bad policy. Don't Peace out. and taunt people that have nuclear capabilities or trying to eat nuclear capabilities. Yes. I say one thing though. I watched the uh, Oliver Stone interviews with uh, Vladimir Putin. Okay. America before Trump was doing things to <laughs> the, the Russian government. They've been doing things over there for, for decades. It's been bad, but now all of a sudden everybody's on Trump because Trump has that big personality that you can attack. We've been doing things bad over there for a long time, and he said that he's like, 
I don't know. We try constantly to not have this problem with America because we want to be allies. We want to, why would we not want our own economy to grow? And you guys keep creating the United Nations, and that UN is everybody against us. Because we've made a joke. We said we want to join the UN, and you guys said we'll take it into consideration. You wouldn't let us join the UN. Why not? Because you're creating all these little strategic uh, points of military uh, bases right around us to surround us for what? What do we have that you guys need? You want more oil? We have oil for us. Why do you want ours? You got every every other oil on the planet. Why do you want ours too? I thought that was pretty remarkable. That that yeah. was a very key point that people forget to point out. Is that shit was been sour with them before Trump? Why all of a sudden now? Oh, Trump and this and no, let them in. Well, I think that that's part of it. Is that it's been sour with them before Trump, and Trump is coming in and what it seems like he's trying to do, which he wants to give off the impression that he's being peacemaker and he's bringing this country that we've had beef with for decades, and he's trying to build, you know, bridge that gap. And if that is true, then. Cool. I hope that there is some way to make peace with anybody we got beef with in general, but it clearly seems that he's going about it the wrong way. And whether that's your business tactics that work in business, but being the president and having laws and sanctions against dealing with them, I think that that could be a bad look. The one thing that I knock Trump for, you literally can be a really good president and a shitty person you're going to get knocked for being a shitty person. So if that's the case, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt of being a good president. I'm not saying he's a good president yet because he hasn't proved it because he ain't been there long enough. But I'm saying, for argument's sake, let's say he's a, a good enough president just like everybody else. Like, he doesn't make more mistakes than the last president. So he's, you know, on par with being average with like everybody else. Mm. But he's just a shitty personality. You're going to get knocked because your personality is going to bring down your public image. Why on earth, knowing that, would you put in assholes or jerks that are just as bad... And well, you can't just perceive if you know you're a jerk. Bad. Why would you bring more jerks in? Because you're going to bring more attention to people being jerks, and it's going to magnify it. I would say bring people in that are have nothing to do with you, not all your friends, other people that you don't know. Because that way, you can always default and say, Well, I don't even know this person, I brought them in, and they did good. So there's some bright lights of what I did. That's true. I'm going to take it into sports, even though you don't care about sports, although you've played professional sports for, you know, 20 years. <laughs> but it's like if you're a first-time head coach, you're going to bring in veteran assistant coaches and, and, and people to help fill out your staff to compliment you in the ways that you may be lacking. So why are you going and grabbing the Exxon dude? Why are you grabbing this billionaire oil tycoon when you're already criticized for being a billionaire businessman? Why are you exactly. going to get the guy from the alt-right <laughs> website when you're already considered being, being racist and divisive? So if you don't want to be labeled that or associated that, then don't go get these guys that are already that and be like, yo, this is, this is my squad I'm showing up with. That's just, it's a bad look. Yeah, I have an awesome question that I don't think anybody's brought up yet. Who has more of a negative public opinion in their respective arenas? Donald Trump or Colin Kaepernick? Um, wow. Dang. That's deep, huh? That's deep. <laughs> that's deep. How you gonna throw some stuff on that and play it like that, man? Now give me a heads up. Yeah, that's a good one. 